What's going on with dance and stuff? What's happening with dance and things? What's going on? What's happening? What's going on with dance and stuff? All right. Oh, wow. That was very celebratory. It is. Well, we're at the Almost end of like season a two. Funeral. Well, yeah. The season finale. And also, the earth is dying. Ah, uh, the earth is dying. <laughs> That's totally happening. Um, before we talk about anything, mm. we should talk about Blade Runner, which I saw. <gasps> when? Yesterday. Oh. It is amazing. I was not confused at all. Interesting. I was like, this Well, you're going to be answering a lot of questions. I'll answer anything you want. Okay. I mainly I need to talk about Sylvia Hooks or Hoeks. The crying lady? Um, well, they all cry. You're correct on that. But she, the main sort of evil. Yeah. The dominatrix. Um, oh, she is. Her acting was amazing. I told you. I, what you did, did I say? I said you, you're going to love this woman. And I did love her and I really... I really hope that Selma Hayek wins Best Actress for the Oscars for... Beverly. Beverly at dinner. That's what it's called, I think. Ramona at dinner? Beatrice. Beatri- Beatrice. Beatrice. At dinner. Why did... Oh, Ramona. Because Beatrice... Beat, who's the lady that wrote Ramona? The Ramona series. What is that? You know, like that little girl who gets up to no good with toothpaste, etc. <laughs> I don't know. It's I never Beatrix thought that. It's not Beatrix Potter, is it? Is that the person who Beatrix wrote... Beatrix Potter is someone. But they wrote books about like she wrote animules. books about animals, right? Yeah. Moles and badgers. <laughs> Absolutely, she wrote books. Wait, about... Beverly Cle- Query. That <laughs> <laughs> can't yeah. be right. That can't be right. Yeah, Beverly Query. Can everybody That's please really send good. us emails to tell us what we're talking about? Because I have no idea. Beverly Query. Beverly wrote, Query wrote, wrote about Ramona wrote... gets up to no <laughs> with toothpaste with and such. Yeah. So, Sylvia Hooks. Or or hooks um, has love L U V. With the times when she goes to her low vocal range in the movie, I was like, yes. And the part, uh, the whole, the scene in the water on the ocean wall, where she's like, I'm gonna kick. When she like stabs him twice, thinks she's killed him yet again, thinks she's killed him, and like confusing. It's really like finish the job. How come he can like? Run through marble walls. Because he's not a real But he can't person. get stabbed. Well, he, you know, they get stabbed and supposedly, you know, they're human enough that they can be, they should be able to be retired. You know, that's what his job is as a Blade Runner is to retire. Mm-hmm. Other, other Blade Runner. Other, other androids. Androids, right. Or whatever they're called in this. And... Mm. Um, who cares? It doesn't really matter. But the point is you should be replicants. able... Replicants. Replicants. Jeremy knew. The point is you should be able to retire them. You should be able to kill them. So, you know, if she's, like, stabbed him a numerate times... Ugh, can it be a little brighter in here? Like, just a little. In the room, I yeah. don't know. I generally don't care for that, but I think my brain cannot function right now. I just... Well... I need a little more illumination through my eyeballs. Yeah, I feel better. And you've seen like I've been in the dark all day. <laughs> oh yeah, you went. Well, it's dark outside, whereas I'm really into just like low lights. I'm a real like Blanche Dubois, Chinese like lanterns, I like, keep it dim. I like lamps, especially yes. in the evening. And I just heard on NPR that it's good to help you sleep. You should dim the lights several hours before you go to bed in preparation. I have my lights dimmed all day long, so I'm <laughs> always ready to like you know do some shut eye. No screens once you're in bed. Screens. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's don't. Hard. Well, I don't look at Facebook very much anymore, and I rarely. But this past week, I didn't. I wasn't on Instagram for a week. I just forgot about it. I was busy. Much. I did some posts today. 
Yeah, I was. I've just been too. It's been a little. This last week was overwhelming for both of us, work wise. Mm. We actually, we really had to work. Anyhow, Let's Sylvia go back to Blade Runner. Yes. I can talk about this all day. Okay, well maybe we will. Maybe okay. that's what this whole session will be. But session, because it's therapy. This is therapy. Um, <laughs> I don't know who it's for. I <laughs> mean, either for people listening. Okay. Um, and uh, the part where uh, the ocean wall thing, and then she stabs him a couple times, and then she kisses him. And he falls down on, onto the ground, and she goes, "I'm the best one." And she jumps up and down she a says, couple. I'm the best. Yeah, she goes, "I'm the best one." And then she jumps into the waves and like swims back to the boat where or the ship where Harrison Ford is. What can you explain to me? Can mm. you did you make up she, some like background for her so you have context? Sure, like what's her I've, deal? Okay, well she was created by Jared Leto, the blind, yeah, yeah, yeah. horrible method actor. Right. I. I'm not stand I was watching Jared com- I was Leto relieved in he had a minor role in the end. Oh my god, just don't come back. Don't I you really... feel like the director had to diminish his role because he was like, this isn't great. It was really so over the top. Like he was like, I'm really in this movie. Watch out, <laughs> Ryan Gosling. And it's like, no. And Ryan Gosling was like, I'm really good. Ryan Gosling's like, I just came to work and I'm going to do the thing and I'll just be normal. Right. Jared Leto, because he's method, like, I watched these, I watched an interview with Sylvia Hooks hoping I'd find out how to pronounce her last name, but no one seems to want to say her name on any interview she's been on. So maybe too hard. no one knows how it, it goes. So she said, because he's method, you know, and she's not, and she's like, this was my first time working with a method actor like this. So it's, um, she takes a pause where you're oh hoping she would say ridiculous. And instead she goes, uh, really interesting, you know, and she's like, <laughs> to get to stage, to get to the, you know, you get to the set and, and you're like, hi, I was like, hi, I'm Sylvia Hooks, you know, playing love. And he was like. My name is oh, Bellana. I can't what, even whatever Skyler, whatever his no. character's name was, and he says that to her, like as the role. It's only okay you, if you're you Daniel Day Lewis. Can you imagine? If you're Jared Leto, who's like really mediocre, so, can you imagine coming just, into a can you situation? Got an Oscar? Well, I mean, so many people have. I mean, I mean it's ridiculous. Truly, truly. truly. It's just, can you imagine that he does that? Just it's humiliating. I'm so it's, embarrassed for him right it's now. It's so embarrassing. So embarrassing. If you're going to do that uh, shit, you have to be so talented. So talented. So talented. You do have to be Daniel Day-Lewis. It's full stop Daniel Day-Lewis. I'm trying to think of someone else I'd let do that. That's it. Like I, Beth Bartley. Oh, absolutely. Who would Beth Bartley. Cool. Well, but can you... But Vivian she, Lee. Yeah. Well, yeah. or Beth same Bartley. Thing. Same thing. Same, same. Exactly. Uh, but Vivian Lee wasn't method. Vivian Lee was Stanislavski. Oh. Which... It was about building the character. So method comes, you know, that's from the Meisner approach of like, here I am. And like, it's just, I am this. If Annette Benning, I could forgive her too, I think. Sure. But not Jared Leto. My God, it's really hideous. It's ridiculous. Um, I wonder if he was doing that on my so-called life. Who else does it? Does Christian Bale do it? Oh, he seems like he would. I can't stand watching him. I think he has... Well, I don't know him. Can you imagine? He shows up and he's like, I'm Batman. Like, he shows up on <laughs> set just all like, day long. Just all day he long. He goes up to I, craft services. He's like, craft services. I need a hot dog. <laughs> right now! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I remember when he was horrible on that film set and it went everywhere. Mm. And there was that. I love. Who do I love picturing doing method? You know, these actors, I can't. Actors I don't like to watch. Matthew McConaughey. Jared Leto, Christian Bale. Hmm. Um, I do like Matthew McConaughey and Christian Bale. Really? Sometimes. I can't. I just, it's not, 
there's something, here's what, I do like watching them better than Jared Leto. Anyhow, so Jared Leto's in this movie, it's kind of like whatever. Robin Wright, like, it, she wasn't, it wasn't great. It was a role that could have been Star Trek, Star Wars, this space movie, that space, you know, whatever. It, it was kind of like, I'm a general. Yeah, it was kind of... I also, I guess, like, the, the politics of the movie were, like, yep, in the future, women will are, like, pretty much just, you know, robots and, and prostitutes, right. and black people are, are slaves. Like, it was really, <laughs> there were no, the roles of, in terms of, like, any other color casting besides outside of white, mm-hmm. it just didn't have, they were all, like, Euro accent. Yeah. White people, you know, that girl who's the... Your part. The projection. Yeah, it's you. That's your part. The I beautiful thought she was girl. kind of incredible. Well, she is. And also you feel like like Sylvia Hooks from the Netherlands. <laughs> like you're like, oh. It felt like they'd gotten, you know, some really stellar actress from Amsterdam. Didn't I tell you that she full cries through the whole movie? That's what Sylvia I Sylvia Hooks? Mm-hmm. She doesn't, okay? And this is where I'm gonna talk about the crying thing, which I was really into. But why is she so upset all the time? She's made from Jared Leto. Right. Um, so Jared Leto has been making these replicants mm-hmm. and she's, as he calls her, his angel. She's like the sort of star pupil. Oh. She's, she's made out of his most intense everything, really. What do you mean his most intense? Well, because he made her. He made all them. So he's made like... He these... programmed them or whatever. Yeah, he's, as he says, he's made like millions of replicants. Why does he kill the one lady with the knife? Um, because she couldn't have a baby. It's, he was hoping there was a baby in there, so he, like, got it In over, her body? She had just come out of the sack. I guess, but he was like, why can't these reproduce? You know, and he, like, cuts her open just and to be like, it doesn't, because they're disposable. I see. You know. Yeah, that was intense. It was intense. The filming The replicants is... are about, you know, they're supposed to be, ha- they're supposed to have human emotions. That's right. why even the hologram girl oh. has, be- has... These human emotions of like, I, I knew that you were a real boy, even though he's not. The desperation her of, of her getting broken was really intense. She's like, I'm about to get smushed. I didn't feel anything. And I did oh. relate to you and how you were like, I didn't feel anything I in the movie. I felt something for her in that wow, moment. I or, didn't feel anything I think I felt something for both of them. Because, oh. you know. She bothered me. Like, mm-hmm. just en general. But wasn't that scene where the other girl came into oh. her body, wasn't that incredible? That was, well, the core, the... Thinking about how it was filmed, about how they needed to do the same gestures because it's going to be overlapped. I was like, I love that choreographically. Um, And just slightly off. It was very beautiful. And when the hands are reaching behind. And I was thinking about like, you know, lucky Ryan Gosling getting to have all these like hands all over him. Um, Or not. Or not. It's been really tedious of him being like, how much longer do I have have to to stand stand here? here. Well, he has a double for sure. For his like, and they probably weren't doing it. It probably wasn't their hands. It was like, that's all just done in post mm. um that part was really great the you know that oh i just blurred movies for a moment i all of a sudden thought that the this woman i cannot wait for you to see the joan didion documentary documentary oh. with live footage of her she's alive yeah so it's done by griffin dunn her okay. nephew who's we the, used to have thanksgiving with him with griffin yeah oh wait did dominic come over as well who's dominic that? dunn famous oh author. The, is it the dad or something he's dead now but oh. yeah yeah i feel like your mom would have known dominic i don't know but griffin would come because he's friends with sharon uh-huh martha plimpton right i love celebs martha. i mean yeah, yeah, my yeah. girl Big time. <laughs> my girl. Who is in my girl? That was Griffin Dunn's big moment. Is he the boy in it? He's the teacher. 
Oh, and I Anna didn't Chomsky see that. has like a crush on him. And he, Anna Chomsky gets stung by a bee and dies, right? No, Macaulay Culkin. Oh. <laughs> wow, Macaulay died a lot as a child back He then. always was dying in movies. Remember yeah. Bad Son and the mom, the, like... That movie was called um, The Good Son. <laughs> it was. But he's bad. <laughs> Are you Opposite, sure it's yeah. called The Good Son? I'm sure. I saw that in the theater with my mother. Terrifying. And I remember her turning to me as, soon, as like the movie ended, and she was like, even if you had, like been like that and killed all those kids I still would have chosen you over your cousin wow who would be good but you I, looked like Elijah Wood so I did I was like mm, okay but I'm the good one I was like but I'm like that one I'm the, the good one anyhow so Griffin Dunn inter- he's produced it and directed it mm-hmm. and there's other producers on it clearly but he interviews her and it's done so beautifully with excerpts from the books that are mm-hmm. have you read her mm-hmm. it's she's so I read beyond. what was that called The Year of Magical Thinking Ugh. Within the year of magical thinking. That was really hard, you guys. It's so... <laughs> it's, I remember opening that book and being like, um, I'm not ready for that. I mean, Oof. the White Album and Slouching Towards Bethlehem are really my favorite. Those are her cultural critiques, essays, but also deeply personal, like in the islands where she has this really great essay in White Al- the White Album called In Bed, where she talks about she gets a migraine every month. Ugh. And at that point, I was getting sinus infections all the time, too. And she talks about how she's like out of commission for a week every month. Wow. Anyhow, so this... Like when I was getting those, the kidney stone, and every night at 7 o'clock, I knew I was going to have four hours of... Um, torture? Torture. Right, four hours of being in the movie Saw, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From your own body. Yeah. Um, but in the movie, there's this woman they interview who has black hair and a jet of just like a white streak in her hair. It's the lady from um, Say Yes to the Dress. No, what's that show? You know, it, it might be. It's not. Stacey London. She's no. like some dumb style lady. No, this is not her. And she's talking about living with Joan Didion and, and John uh, Dunn in uh, in their house in, in L.A. at one point. And she's like, I'm not really sure why I was living there. I can't remember. It's so, you're going to live for her. But I, confu- I briefly thought that she was in Blade Runner as the woman who's had her eye snatched out and... Um, was the in the, the oh, one-eyed the woman who comes the revolution. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's not her. Who's holding but the But I just crossed films for a moment. Because I basically, I saw Blade Runner and then I came home and watched the Joan Didion documentary. Uh-huh. Or no, I think I watched the Joan Didion documentary. It's a really sad Friday. day. No, I watched that the other night. The night that Stranger Things came out, I didn't watch the premiere of that. I watched the Joan Didion I haven't documentary. watched any of the new Stranger Things, but I'm excited. It's okay. I still feel how I felt in the beginning of the first season where I'm like, how many faces is Winona going to do oh. in this take? She does. I'm. It kind of feels like if... Like, I'm excited. It's, it's, it reminds me a bit of like maybe the first time I was ever on camera and they had to keep stopping because I made like a million faces per second. Really? The first This film, was Outside Providence? Yeah. I had, I remember... What did the, the director say? He would scream <laughs> cut and then he would be like, you, you have to stop moving your face so much. And I'd be like, um... And I already got in the film, like I'd done a screen test, like I, I was like... What am I doing? I think I must have. I was, but I was going to like theater I wish acting. They had just let you do that. Oh no 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 no. So it after my eighth take, he was like, "We got one good one, and I need you to keep doing what you're doing." And it was when I was like, "Oh, I get it." Like oh, I remember being like, "Were you embarrassed?" Oh, ter- I was terribly. I was eighteen. Who I was, was the so scene young. With? Um, I can't remember. I think my first scene is. I, I just know what I'm wearing. I'm wearing, like, a gray sweatshirt. Did you film it in order? 
No, you don't film no. films in order. It's a film we're holding like rackets or something. It was, it's I can I can vaguely remember like I remember the press still because it was one of the f- photos that got most used for press for it. But right. it was where I remember there being a thing that came out in Newsweek being like the wigs in this film are really bad, and they talked about mine, and I was, was like, that's hair? my hair, real life hair. But yeah, they picked it out every day for like ten minutes. I, they were row. talking about you on um, Touche the other day because uh-huh. Lucas Papalius was on. Ugh. And you guys were in that show together. We did Dead End together after I had done Outside Providence. And you were cast as, like, bad kids or something? Well, it was Dead End. I mean, it's weird because I've been writing... So part of my work in this past week is I'm I'm up for this grant. And I have to write really about so much of my history. And in remembering that I was a working actor for a decade. And remembering these people I worked with and these directors I worked with... I did Dead End the first time when I was 18 with Robert Sean Leonard and Scott Wolf and Hope mm, Davis and Scott. Campbell Scott. I remember... I really hated him on Party of Five, but now I, I think it's good. Uh, I remember thinking... I didn't watch Party of Five, but I was in this play with him and we all had to get in this pool together. That's the East River. They filled the orchestra pit with water. What? Oh, the set was... It was supposed to go to Lincoln Center and it didn't. I would have... In many ways, I would have had all these different careers if things would have worked out the way they were supposed uh, to. But they didn't. I didn't get into Juilliard. That show didn't go to Lincoln Center. This Christopher Durang premiere I did thing, that was supposed to transfer never happened. Whatever. Everything's worked out fine. Look at us now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Luxury. <laughs> Rich. Um, but, so the set was incredible. It, they made it look like um, East... Some street in on the east side mm-hmm. in the 1930s, they made it look exactly what it looked like. Like, with facades of buildings that went up beyond, you know, the height of the ceiling. Yep. And then the orchestra pit was covered in tarps and filled with water to be wow. the East River because we would jump in it. So fun. Was it warm? So, uh, no. Oh. It was summer, <laughs> so it was fine. Okay. When we did it again in Boston, which is when I did it with Lucas Papalias, everyone got sick. We were... All so, so sick. Ew. And I remember Laura Linney coming and telling someone to stop talking because he got laryngitis and she was like, you have to save it for the show. Uh, um, was the water like infected with your diseases? I'm sure. Ugh. I'm sure because it would just sat would there. They, they, dr- they wouldn't drain it no, every No, no, honey. Oh, oh no, God. no, no. They would put like floater like. This is like, disgusting. Like, was um, there like band-aids at the bottom? I'm going to die. Anyways. No, there wasn't any of that. But why does trying? Oh, but I remember Scott Wolf. He would get, you know, we'd all get in in our underwear and have to come out. I remember like seeing through his underwear mm-hmm. and being like, "I'm into it." Wow. But he also at that point had that real like pillow body muscle yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. So nice, very nice. Oh, so, so hot. Wait, can okay. we go back to that movie again? Which Blade one, Runner? Blade Runner or the Joan Didion documentary? No, I don't care about that. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, it's. I can't wait for you to see it. I'll watch it again. But the with you. um. How about the interiors of Jared Leto's lair with the uh, lights moving? Uh, how the the, the ocean lighting with their costumes, which were ocean amazing. Lighting. Ocean lighting. It was all ripple. Remember how the yes. lighting was all ripply, like they were under the ocean? Or in oh an my aquarium? god! In, this is inside the in Jared Leto's. I was, however, I am always bothered by how in these futuristic movies, for some reason, there's this idea that like white tailored jackets for women are going to become a thing like the future of tailoring and i'm like that's not going to happen and also you can see every flaw in that jacket and i can't take like really not that it's I terribly see fla- that. i couldn't no. see the flaws i mean it, it? they're beautifully made uh-huh. i'm sure it was cost a fortune oh, but it's absolutely. also like that's not gonna happen that's as if like 
as if robots are going to start tailoring jackets. I was like, no, no one's going to wear that. That's wow. crazy. Wow. What do you think we're going to wear in the future? Well, hopefully bags and rags, you know. I <laughs> well, mean, they did. The revolutionaries yeah, wore bags exactly. and rags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you think just everyone's going to just bag and rag it out. Well, I think in the future, everyone's going to wear everything. Because you know oh. how, like, in if you think about different decades, like, there was always, like, different sections of people wearing different things. But uh-huh. it, it wasn't, there wasn't a huge variety. And that also had to do with, like, Class. production of clothes mm-hmm. wasn't mm-hmm. so insane as it is now. Like, right. now you can just make a clothes for two, a clothes. Make a clothes. You can I make a clothes for, like, a penny. A tea. And then sell it for two pennies. Yeah, exactly. And back then you couldn't do that. Right. So people wear anything and everything nowadays. We have right. representation from all different decades. Right. Like a girl can walk down the street in full stop 1930s bathrobe and you're just like, <laughs> fine. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay. So anyways. So in the future, you think we'll just be still wearing everything, but it's not going to be as like what it's, I don't, I don't well, know. Well, I'm hoping for some kind of like famine so that mm. things get more limited, you know, like uh-huh. that we have to stand in line to all get the same cotton shirt. Oh, wow. You're looking for a real utilitarian. I live for that. Bring oh, us wow. back to communist China. I just want a button up jacket with a collar <laughs> and a cotton pant. That's all I want. It's so good. Mao suits all over. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Or I want uh-huh. I want everybody to kind of... I want everybody to look like Seiji Ozawa, who is this Japanese conductor from Boston Symphony, and wow. he always just wore like a Japanese pajama for everything. Wow. Oh, so black. good. Sometimes white, sometimes black. Sometimes, but no color. Oh, no, 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 no. Gross. I mean, I like a color. Oh, I Not mean, me. I, depending on the day, uh-huh. you know what I mean? I feel differently. I love a crazy old New York lady who's wearing like giant Betty Rebel beads. And, yes, like, a crazy, absolutely. Yeah, like and a other people, yes. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. to me. I can't imagine. No, a I want to just like forever. pull out like boxy comfort and put mm-hmm. it on and just yeah. like kind of look chic, but just look like a big mound of clothes. <laughs> you know? You're doing it. I You're am. really giving a full. I remember that story. I think it was Drew who Sylvie Guillem came in. Guillem. I forgot her name. <laughs> Sylvie Guillem. We uh, came in and she was like, who's that homeless lady? And you're like, oh, it's Sylvie Guillem. Because she was just like wrapped <laughs> in rags. And she like came in like a giant, like, I pictured her in like a big downy north face to of the course. floor. Oh, with like, like not just, oh, all the way. All and the way. also like ski pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just like covered in a bean bag. So good. Um, Wait, I had to go back to... Oh, I was thinking about... While we were talking, I was remembering another costume I didn't like from... Blade Runner. Blade Runner 2049. Mm. Which, again, I was first like, oh, that's furious when Robin Wright's wearing, like, basically a beaded black jacket. And then she's wearing, like, a shiny black oh, jacket. yeah. With, like, a, a mini skirt and a high boot. And I was like... Whoa. And you're like, she's the head of LAPD. Right. Like, she's the... You guys, the it just really, I They couldn't. really had to look at the original movie and mm-hmm. they had to segue it a few years. So they, they did a really good job mm. of bringing us from the past to where they were now and it couldn't go too, too far. So we still had this kind of hooker vibe with like these, <laughs> Everybody. these clear vinyl raincoats, right. which was a, I remember that amazing scene from the original right. where she ran through the glass. So we, yes. still, we had to still have some of that. Yeah. This like hyper-sexualized idea of the woman right Right. so i understood it was absolutely incredible that they could expand upon the visual visuals from the original yeah so we got to see the original idea and then they could expand upon it with computers which was like oh wow so much can you even can you even believe sean young 
Oh, so that's not Chun Young. It's a. It's not. I mean, no. it is. But that is a that is a person they got, and then made her look like Sean Young and gave her the face. Gave her Sean Young's face from the movie. Isn't yeah. that insane that they can do that? It. I believe. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I was like, that is successful. I'm so like, I have so much faith in makeup department, and also like in post things they can do to people's faces. Do you remember how for the that last Pee Wee's movie they made him look younger? They like went through every frame. frame. Can you imagine? No. They were like, this movie has a $10,000 budget, except we have a $5 million budget <laughs> to make Pee Wee look young. It's really... So, I have... I have... I mean, when it happened, I was like, that's really fierce. The I was very intent on trying to fig, like look at the things that weren't... Like, right here between her eyebrows, I was like, oh. Well, but they, it was supposed to be that they had aimed for it, right? But her eyes were different. You know, he's oh, like, right, 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 right. They slightly and She failed. should have been slightly, just slightly right. off because it had been like 30 years. But and, you know, I've they seen took her bones. Tr- That's why she took the bones oh, right. so they could remake her. I've seen them try the same thing in the remake of Tron, where then Jeff Bridges suddenly like reappears as a young Jeff Bridges. I, and I then didn't receive I also, didn't see that. The latest Star Wars movie, where like some general from the original movies is in it again. He's clearly been dead for twenty years. Uh huh. So then, but he looked like a he looked like a video game. Oh yeah, and he was like standing next to other people. Uh huh. It was not good. This was the first time I'd seen it in a movie where I was like, "You nailed it." Yeah. Like if I didn't know that she now looks like rags <laughs> you know then i i would have been like who wh- who shot who's this more woman real right. life woman living right. woman yeah it that was amazing part was really that part was amazing i still just cannot stop thinking about the two times when Sil- well Ava when sylvia hooks crushes that glass in robin wright's hand and screams <sighs> where is he Ugh. and the other part where she goes turn us around when she when her voice fully drops into this mm. other thing where i was like that's as an actor, it's those scenes that you're like... I knew you would love her. Oh. I knew you would love her. Uh, she also just doesn't... She never tilts into camp. She really no, keeps she's it... she's so focused. Oh, she is giving... And that performance could easily... That was the th- way I felt about the hologram girlfriend, where it just went the other side mm. of, like, unbearable for yeah, me. Yeah, too sweet. It. She was like, I'm just the most wonderful thing, and I am showing up to set today to do right. that. And I was like, Wow! But like Ryan is... Gosling as an android, maybe is basic enough to really go for that. You know, he's not complicated enough to want a real girl. Oh no, no. I mean, I didn't really. I really didn't care about. But their I did story. live for the real girl who, like the prostitute woman. Who is that? I don't know, She's but familiar. I recognize her. She's exactly. familiar. She is you know, familiar. At first, I was like Katy Perry. No, much more not. beautiful. God, yeah, yeah, she her is body, much more though. beautiful. Wow, but I was, I, I was like, that's not, that's not Katy Perry. And then I was like, I know who it is, but and then I forgot and I didn't care because I just really right. focused on Sylvia Hooks. The Las Vegas part was lost beautiful. Honey, uh, the bees, just the whole thing. Oh, the bee. What was that about? Well, it's he was raising radioactive bees out there for honey. You know, he's living. He's been living out there for who knows how long off whiskey, I guess. It was strange. The part that was annoying to me about it was when they were like... Where did the dog come from? I mean, A. But B, the (laughs) thing that was so annoying to me was how long they fought. It was like, let's watch these two guys duke it out for... Where he just kept like punching and punching. And I was like... In general about this movie, I felt like some things were very indulgent in terms of their timing. I liked that. Well, in some cases, yes. And in some cases, no. I was like, that's 
good, and that's not good. We don't need any more of that. See vous play, let's move on. Well, what didn't you need any more of? I'm curious of the things you didn't need any more of. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't need any more of was the punching between Harrison Ford and Ryan Gosling, because I was like, I just wanted Ryan Gosling to pull the wooden horse out right away and be like, hey, I think I'm your son. That's right. That I whole, was like, Whoa. Also, this scene where he's back in the child factory and he's uh-huh. slow motion going through the motions to find the horse. And we oh, already I liked like, that. I was like, I know you're going to find the horse. <laughs> just go to the horse. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I it was liked, already like two like hours that. 15 at that point. Oh, I and I was that. like, ugh. You really uh, wanted to move along. You yeah. wanted this movie to be a 90, whereas I was really into I could have done two hours. Hours ten. Uh-huh. Two hours forty-five was gilding the lily. You know. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, please bring that back. And I think I'm going to say that after every you know concert dance show I go to go see. Wow. Speaking of, you saw Red Shoes. I did. And oh, are we going to have to cut this part no. out? No. Okay. And you saw Layla. <gasps> there's a mosquito right I know, by your it was ear. By your ear earlier. Did. I, that's why I've been getting bit. Because it's real swamp weather outside. It's, I hate it. It's like October, it's the October 31st, and there's a mosquito in here. That's out of control. Wait, can I, let's just, I really feel we need to wrap up Blade Runner and just, I, I, what else do you have to say about it? My I love Sylvia Hooks, and I hope that the third while one you walk is away, just about her. I have I'm a question while you walk spray. away. Uh-huh. So at the end of the movie, well, this is all spoilers, by the way. I know we're late to the game to tell you that, but if you've been listening this long and you expected not to get a spoiler, you've lost your mind. So, so who hasn't seen it? At the at end of the point? movie, we get the information that no Ryan Gosling, sure, I guess, Ryan, uh, uh, <laughs> like no Ryan Gosling is not the son. He's dying of a stab wound, but he but he doesn't die. Well, we sure, but remember, he's he's looking at the snow, and then she's making the snow. Is he inside of some imagination that she's creating? What's going on? No, they're just. Are they connected? Yeah. How? Why? Because she is. She's the miracle, which is the the child of a human being and a replicant. Is she actually vulnerable to stuff, or are they just hiding her there and tricking her that she's like a sickly person? More will be revealed. I think I'm going to like the third one better. This really mm. just felt like cultivating a, a mood for the third movie when something's actually going to happen. Peut-être. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe. But I I think I just, what I, the thing, and I was thinking this upon a watching, um, when I did watch Stranger Things, of, of sci-fi and its importance and its importance importance i think and why people are so desirous of it in like I right now or in, the, or in the or in the 80s or in times when the world is so hyper unmanageable yeah because it is mm-hmm. um and actually it has been forever but now it just feels at such a tipping point this sense of a, a future any future is feels like oh there could maybe maybe people will keep living and we won't just all blow up next year as well as I think a thing of just outer space and nothing matters and right. this meaninglessness and but you know, this idea of the, very... of a future which is only like twenty to thirty years from now uh-huh. is like no right that's dark I mean right. that's a dark idea of what could happen but that's not right. going to happen unless 
I just won't. Well, no, that's not. I but I, I really, really appreciate the detail and thought that goes into this idea, this particular idea of the future. Right. It doesn't feel thrown away. Like every detail feels really thought through. Right. In terms of all the objects and the, you know, it was smart. It was smart, and I also, I also felt like it is certainly. It does not shy away from showing the violence in which we're headed towards right. that it, that comes out of misogyny, racism. There is not a queer character to be seen anywhere. So, hmm. you know, same thing. It's But that's always my thing with anything. It's like, is there a gay character in this that's not... I feel not... like the first one had, like, more queer-ish characters. Like, the Daryl Hannah and Rutger Hauer characters were kind of, like, oddly ambiguous and very oh. 80s David Bowie in that yeah, way. Yeah, I would have loved if we could have had some sort of thing like that. That was... No. That's what makes... The first one was very special in that way. You cared right. a little bit more about the characters because they were strange. I didn't Care. I like you. Didn't care about the characters. I just Do cared about it. Do you remember Hicks. how um, gorgeous Young. Harrison Ford was in the first movie? Um, yeah, and Can... wait till you watch the Joan Didion documentary because he worked on her house in L.A. when he was still a carpenter. Oh, wow! And he would stay with them, oh and he talks God. about it. It's crazy. He's like, they took me in. I think he was like, I was kind of like the people who they liked, which was someone who didn't have it together. He's a real garbage person, but he was. He beautiful. is. Oh yeah. What do you mean. Did uh, my my you know that story that my mom has? What? When when I love him. What are you talking no, about? When Sharon and my mom had the store when it used to be in this big house in Bridgehampton, uh-huh. and it was like a very at that point a very like celebrated antique <gasps> store. I think I blocked the story out. It's starting to come back as you tell it. Tell yeah. it. And they had a lot of kind of celebrity clientele, right. and they would, you know, they were written about a lot. And so one night. Harrison Ford's people called them and was like, can you please keep the store open a little late? Because Harrison Ford is looking for some furniture. And they were like, okay. Because, like, you know, he doesn't want to shop with people and have to talk to people. Sure. Fine. They stay open a little late. He shows up. They're doing him a favor, right? Right. He walks around the store for a couple minutes. And then, you know, as he's leaving, they're like, oh, did you find anything you're looking for? Are you interested in anything in particular? He's like, no, actually, I'm looking for real antiques. (gasps) And walked out. Wow. Which is not to say that Sharon and my mom would fully admit that, like, no, they don't, they weren't in the market of, like, fine old French antiques or something. Uh-huh. That's not their shtick, but uh-huh. he should have known that. Uh-huh. And anyways. Well, from... He from, was nasty to them. From carpenter to movie star and just forget where you come I from. I guess Isn't, he knows his furniture. It's really, it's really the American way. Um, did we finish up on? I think Blade we're Runner? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvia Hooks. I'm into it. Just I hope the she's sound the lead. score was incredible. I'd already been listening to the sound score on repeat. It's I, relentless and amazing. I would. That's what I listened to on the train. This to is why I think you would have really liked Dunkirk. I just can't watch a movie like that. You're gonna like it. Well, maybe I'll listen to the sound score. Oh yeah, yeah I'll just do it, that. Yeah. Um, it's that guy, Hans Zimmer. Ha- oh, the same guy. Oh, did he also do this? Oh, yes. He just is really right now into like assaulting your ears with like loud noise. Did you see it in IMAX with what yes. have you? I didn't. I wish I would have. The sound was so incredible that it would shake the speakers in uh-huh. the theater I was seeing in. That's so fun. It well, kind of. I would have preferred for the speakers being so great it would have that gone into my body. That they could have handled body. it. Yeah. Oh yeah, it really did. Um, in a couple years, it's going to be full earplugs time. I'm not going to be able to handle it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'll go in. One, we'll watch movies with sunglasses too. Oh yeah, it'll be sunglasses, earplugs, like full hood. down yeah. coats, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. exactly. Have like lots of snacks. Oh, Purell uh-huh. bags, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> Full thing. I'll have potatoes okay. in my pockets. 
Are you gonna peel it, eat it? Or well, just... uh, they'll be there for warmth, and then as soon as they like lose their warmth, I'll eat them. <laughs> so as an old wrapped person, in tinfoil. As an old person in two years, yeah, um, you're gonna get it there quickly. You're gonna cook potatoes and put yeah. them in your pocket for heat. Yeah, I love that so much. That and gilding the lily really. It's really, Moving it is amazing. You are. It's I wonderful. Am. You look incredible, by the way. Your haircut. Your haircut. Your skin looks really good. It's really You're good. You're using right now. that stuff from that no, Ayurveda place. I had a place. facial a few weeks ago, so it's like right now. The one before you went to Interlock. Yeah. That was a long time ago. Well, like a month after a facial is like when it peaks. Oh. And I'm also doing um, a little bit of a nose mask every single night. Oh, it looks good. Thank pores you. Pores look smaller. I have giant nose pores. I'm trying to shrink them. Well, it's you're doing ha- it. Well, we'll see. The last facial I had two facials ago, the woman was like, you'll probably never shrink them, but you can try. And she <laughs> told you to do a strip every every night? No, the, the lady I had recently was uh-huh. like, just do this little bit of like clay mask every night. I don't think it's clay. It's made of some Ayurvedic dust. or I don't know. <laughs> it's all like dirt. They just like put this like, oh, actually I found out that the dirt that I wash my face with is made from like dried up milk like some kind of like sacred cow milk oh well dried up (laughs) it looks amazing i mean you you could probably just get like carnation milk packets and like dried milk do that. Leave it in the sun until you know it turns I mean? kind of brown and then just like scrub it on your face. Or not. It probably doesn't have to be brown. There's probably just something they're they're dying that with just a little bit of like, <laughs> the, you know, being like making it so they can charge 60 bucks for it. They don't you can just get some much. carnation milk packets and That's the and thing, everyone. This is an ad for Pratima mm. Place where you go. Pratima okay. Place. Uh-huh. You can go there to get facials and the massages, etc. And their products are not expensive. Well, it's I'm, not like going to Sicily and I'm, buying like a $200. I don't want to give them an ad again until they become one of our sponsors so you can ask them about that we don't need to be giving them free ad space i want to give everyone free ads well no we need to have sponsorships so that we can get a better mic better microphones because people still complain about it and we have to like leave us alone um no don't leave us alone your cornish hens smell delicious we haven't even put them in the or something smells good that's the roasted vegetables vegetables smell delicious so you saw red shoes i did and it's Matthew Bourne. It is Matthew Bourne. And it is what you'd expect from him. He's right. a real, like, Broadway choreographer mm-hmm. who has made it his job to make fully dance productions. Right. right? So they're textless, and it is it is just like a... It's a dance Broadway show. Uh-huh. Kind of, you know, like, in the same way that American in Paris was very densely danced. Uh-huh. But Christopher Wielden... It's strange. I don't know why I would compare the two, but Christopher Wielden has a kind of more sophisticated dance vocabulary, and he has like a he has a really intense grasp on large groups and formations and patterns. And not that Matthew Bourne doesn't. Matthew Bourne has an incredible skill with creating a busy environment yeah. where everybody kind of has something to do and it, it feels organic but at the same time it's very hard to find a place to focus sometimes mm. and there was a couple scenes where like the stagecraft of it was really amazing because mm. the whole thing revolved around this spinning proscenium 
So it was just like the frame of a stage with an old fashioned curtain. And sometimes we were behind it and sometimes we were in front of it. Uh So we were like now backstage on stage. Exactly. And I've seen that handled in various ways in history, in other productions, but this was really nice because it could happen in really fast money. And it also, they could do it where like the curtain would be half swagged. Uh So it could be like, this is someone's living room. And then it could move halfway. You're like, now we're in someone else's bedroom. Uh-huh. And then it comes nice. back. It was nice. It was uh-huh. very skillfully done. And it, it 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 was appropriate to the time period of the movie. And He's doing the Red Shoes, the movie. Mm-hmm. like from, from Not that, like okay. the Hans Christian Andersen tale. Right, right, it's like right, based right. on the film. Right, right, right. <sighs> you saw Sarah do it? I did. I saw Sarah as Victoria Page and Marcello as the composer. Uh-huh. And so it's about uh-huh. it's about a love triangle between right, the right, composer right. and her. And her and Lermontov, who's the company director. Right, right. Um, the d- I would think Sarah would be really good because she's an actress. She's an actress. And dan- she did. She was really feeling it. Unfortunately, like, the stage space was too small to facilitate her broadness. Like, uh, she yeah. devours all the space in the world. And this right. space was like, drink it. Like, it was city vaudeville. Center. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so that was unfortunate. And also unfortunate was like, there's this aspect of this work, and I can't generalize for all of Matthew Bourne's work because I've only seen a couple of the productions. But like, I've seen Swan Lake and Edward Scissorhands. You have. Edward Scissorhands was very confusing because it was like double cast in this way. I remember uh-huh. there. I, this was forever ago because uh-huh. I was at BAM, so I was probably like you know, forty five, <laughs> and. Um, it was, I think there were like two Edward Scissorhands for some reason that never made sense through the whole oh, show. Dear. Like, it was kind of, I just was, and I remember being like, what happened? Why is this happening? Yeah, I felt, I really walked out being like, why did that get so complicated? This was quite hard to follow also, though the story is fairly simple. I mean, yeah. it has to do with like mirroring reality yeah. and not reality. I, and... The movie's beautiful. Mm. I saw, I went to see it again on the, when I was on the big screen not that long ago. And I think he really tried to like capture the feeling of the movie, but... Doesn't oh, she like kill herself in Monaco or something? She gets hit by a train because she's like gone mad from putting on the red shoes again because she's she gets fired from the company because of her relationship with the composer and she's never able to feel she the... She's Anna Karenina death. I felt like she jumped out a window in the movie. Oh, I don't remember. I don't remember either. Anyhow. But and then she gets hit by a train. Like, full front of a train comes onto the stage from the back. like And hits her? Like, engine. Uh-huh. Where does she go when it hits her? She just kind of runs into it and then falls back towards the audience, you know, downstage. Oh, so the train comes from upstage. Directly like just, from upstage. Just comes, like, between the curtains. It's like... Yeah. Hey, everybody, here's like, a train. It's really, really loud. That was uh-huh. one good thing about the show. There was, like, loud. unfortunately, it was canned music, but it had, like, sound effects that were really, really loud. Uh-huh. Sound effects by Hans Zimmer. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> that would have been good. But um, it was very misogynist in that well, way yes. that only gay men can really do, where it was, like, some Oof. of the, like, dance sequences were really, like, gay dreams of, like, the men would come out as, like, the wind and crows with their shirts off, and then the women would come in with these disgusting, like, Halloween store lace tops with these rag skirts, like they were the crows. And I was like, this is not okay. Wow. I was like, this is, first of all, it looks garbage cheap. Wow. I mean, when other costumes in the show looked a million dollars, you know, like, Weird. all of Sarah Mern's clothes were, like, made for her. Yeah, yeah. And, like, looked expensive. And yeah. then 
other women in the show were wearing full Halloween store. Wow, what? And I know. I was really like, this is this Remember is Swan Lake when it's like, you know, it's, it's such a like, isn't it? I feel like it's about hating the mother, that one. Because it's well, like... I don't recall, but you could be right. Uh, it's real. I feel like the mother's kind of like the villain. But the, the mother whole... at least had like beautiful taffeta gowns and stuff. Uh-huh. I mean, this was not that. This was like the chorus girls just are full t- full sluts. Wow. It was weird. It's unfortunate. And, and the all... men are like shirtless men... in a tuxedo mm-hmm. pant. Beautiful high-waisted pants yeah. from the 30s. Sure. But at any rate, uh-huh. um, so, and this choreography is not sophisticated no. enough for what we've seen Marcelo and Sarah do yeah. because, like, we've seen them do the most unbelievable of dances, and we know their capabilities. Yeah. Like, two of the finest ballet dancers on earth. I so, fully, like, I fully assign that the show could not serve their abilities. Right, right, and that's fine. Right. The people, Ben Vereen was sitting next to me and he what? was full talking the whole time. He was like, yes! I, or like I after can, every number, he'd be like, oh, it was great. crazy. Ben Vereen was uh-huh. sitting. Did you say? No. Oh my God. I would have had to have been like, you're amazing. I love you. That's all I need to say. No, I was there with my friend Aaron Diebold who works at City Center. Uh-huh. And then like, I was like, who is this person being so loud across the aisle? And then at intermission, she's like, it's Ben Vereen. I was like, oh, He gets yeah. a pass. He can do whatever yeah, he, he wants. Um, like there was a scene when Victoria Page kind of like is first introduced to the world or actually it was either that or the scene when she's just finished like the production of the red shoes uh-huh. with the ballet company uh-huh. and there there's a there's a recorded track of applause that gets really thunderously loud mm. and I think Ben Vereen thought it was real because mm. he stood up. Oh, wow. And then also got a few other people to stand up uh-huh. in the middle of the show like we were at a Madonna concert. Yes. Um, so that was, it was fun, fun in that way. That's fun. Anyways, I'm not going to say much more about it because I didn't, I didn't didn't love love it. And what about, um, and then you saw Mark Morris today. (sighs) I saw Layla and Manjun, which is his newest production. And I, I incorrectly said last week that it was about Indian dance or Katak or something, Uh but it's actually based on an Azerbaijani poem. Oh, okay. And the music is a famous Azerbaijani opera from like a hundred years ago. And the Silk Road Ensemble a while ago, which is oh. that Yo-Yo Ma Ensemble, yep. had the music kind of arranged for them so they could play the score. And they did it with these unbelievable Azerbaijani singers. Mm. And so this the musicians were the center of the stage. And then there was these platforms built around them in kind of a circle where the dancers danced. Beautiful. And there was this beautiful painting by an artist, and I'm going to look him up in the program because uh, these, people, these people deserve to be said, and I don't know these people, so I'm going to find out for you. This can How are the costumes? They're beautiful, but unflattering for the women, but in a way that I forgive just because they're so much a part of the universe. Mm. They're the kind of thing that could have been edited. Mm. It's inter- I saw it with Harriet today, and the first thing she said was like, the dresses were not flattering, mm. which is fair. But um, uh, this is what happens when you hire a painter to design costumes and scenery. I see, I see, I see. Yeah. So his name is Howard Hodgkin. Huh. And it was a beautiful blown up version of, he does like kind of aggressive brushstroke, abstract brushstrokes and blown up to the size of the whole back, like gorgeous like it was like this green and red and rose color it was beautiful and then the costumes mimicked that in having like brush strokes printed on them them. but the women were orange and the men were blue and the men just kind of got these nice 
uh, tunics, like Middle Eastern tunics with white pants, and the uh-huh. women had long sleeve dresses that weren't cut beautifully for their torsos, but that's because the painter was probably just like, that's fine, you know, probably right. like, whatever, it right. happens. Right. But the music was gorgeous, the choreography was heartbreaking. Oh. He did a thing where... He's so good. He has to come on the podcast. I can't wait. I hope it happens. I yeah. Really, I'm sure he'll come I'm gonna on. like maybe not be able to speak if he comes on. Really? I mean, he won't let us talk anyway, so he'll just scream into the microphone. But I, I would, I fully just want that. I just want to sit here and have him berate us for an hour. You know. Great. <laughs> he'll come. Um, I'm I hope sure. So. He's so wonderful. I wish I would have seen it. I should have really followed up and been like, I'm coming, but I just, I couldn't go into know, the city it's, today. I know. Oh, it's raining. Full stop. It's really raining. But he did a thing where, um, so each section was like a different verse from the poem, and he would have two new two other dancers. So it started with like Dallas and this woman, that a newer woman in the company were Layla and Manjun, and then in the next section, two other dancers were Layla mm-hmm. and Manjun, and you know that because they're wearing these scarves. So for each I section, see. the scarves move between dancers. So all gendered casting. Gendered. Okay, it yeah. stayed. Layla Male mentioned. and female. Okay, got it. Which is, which I thought about at the beginning. I was like, oh, like, Mark, I feel like Mark Morris gets a pass on everything because he moves so fluidly in the universe of, like, gendered and non-gendered casting. Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah. it's, like, he's not someone where you'd criticize no, him for. No, he's not no. someone I'm like, you're so heteronormative. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, since you played Dido in, like, one of your right. original He's pieces. been doing progressive <laughs> right. things for decades. Yeah, so. truly has. But he, um... Progressive in every, every sense yeah. of that. So in each section, there was... So we, by the end, there's four different Laylas and four different Manjuns. And it's mm-hmm. a, it's a story about a couple that fall in love, but the man is so kind of like emphatically in love with her that people are like, he's too crazy. We're going to marry her off to someone more regular. Uh. And so they get separated and then they, they die never being able to like fulfill their relationship. Uh-huh. And so at the end, in the, like the death, oh, it's just like staged so beautifully. Like they they're kind of near each other, and then they just fall backwards away from one another into like the arms of like their families, kind of. And then this part happens where each Layla and each Manjun has a solo, and then they all end up in these same position, sort of like in a semicircle around on the platforms around the stage. And then slowly, each couple comes towards one another, and they. I didn't know what was going to happen, but, like, the first couple kind of, like, did a gesture with their hands towards each other and then sort of turned away from each other. And, like, Unison did another thing with their hands where it was, like, they couldn't... There's no way they could maintain that connection. Mm -hmm. And then I thought, oh, my God, is each couple going to do that same thing? And when the second couple did, like, a different thing, I just, like, started weeping. And then, like, Uh. progressively, like, the third... uh, It was insane. And then the fourth couple, like actually walked past each other and took hands not facing each other and just immediately let go and walked away from each other. And I was like, <sighs> I was just like, I mean, the directness and simplicity, like it's the kind I of thing. I have not seen it. I can picture it though. And it's his precision. It's his and precision. sensitivity to the music and like yeah. understanding of like God, how to connect to an audience yeah. on like a really, in a simple way. It's like, it's not pretentious and right. it's not ever sexy though it can be because mm-hmm. it's so kind of earthy right like sam black today do you know sam black yes he was so sexy he was one of the sam sections black is i mean he hot. is but like we should have him on we'll yeah. have sam black on and the, then he'll get marked the material he did today i was like 
wow wow wee wow it was i oh, was wow. like this is it i was like sam black wow shout yeah. out to sam black hey girl it hey. was really intense i was like you are yes you are such a yes for me today Big time yes. and then wow. he super broke my heart at <gasps> the end it was what was his hand gesture away from his mm. do you remember well i think he was he was the the class he was the, let he go. was the last the class pants yeah. let go couple mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Well, when are they doing it again? It's hard to say. You might have to, like, go to Berkeley or something. Oh. I know. Um, And it was at... Also, the Rose Theater at Lincoln Center is such, like, a wonderful place to see performance. mm -hmm. And so it was just nice to be there. Next time, just really force me to go. I will. Just be like, you you have to go. There's really... That's it. I mean, in terms of the next thing, you really need to force me to go Mm -hmm. see. It's the next... This Mm -hmm. is the premiere, right? No, it's happened other places. Okay. This is a New York premiere. Yeah. But this dance in particular, I think because what Mark Morris does so skillfully is I think he researches a little bit of the culture from which he's appropriating a story. Mm. And he obviously the dance is just his own vernacular, but right. he uses kind of the feeling sometimes of the mm. place from where we're coming. And he... He really, like, this in this version, there was all this amazing, like, kind of sweep that you get from Asian dance mm. in this way. And it was so... These dancers, like, have such sensitivity, such precision, and then also, like, amazing release and groundedness. Mm-hmm. It was really... I could talk about them. I don't know why. Mark like, Moore's I'm really play- more, more... I feel like it's the choreographer who most... And for a while now. For a Long few years. Long time now. It's <laughs> really... I've ne- the, the love letters you write... I do. On the on It the makes me really happy everywhere. and really sad. And I think it makes me sad because... You didn't dance for him? No. I think it would have been really heartbreaking to dance for him. But I think that... I think that it's just so... I want everyone to love it, but I also know that for some people it's a hard sell. I think this because is going to... Because it's sell- dancing on the music. Well, and not. I mean, it is, but it's also like his his grasp of the music is so sophisticated yeah. that it you couldn't just call it dancing to the music. Like, right. It's, it's dancing his musicali- the music. His musicality post Balanchine, I fe- I can't mm, think of someone else. It that transcends I could, right. It transcends dance to correct, music. Correct. It, it has, he has such like a deep knowledge of like what the music is that yeah. it's it's a really exceptional. Yeah. And I think also his like depth of understanding of vocabulary inside of Western dance history and also now Eastern some parts of Eastern dance history because he's been really interested in that in many of his works. Right. It's so it's amazing. It's he's so smart. We love you, Mark. I know, and I think that for me, I think it's. I remember being at one of his shows. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast. I was at his Mozart show a couple summers ago. I think I have told this story, and a very successful ballet choreographer was at the show as well. And at intermission, I was involved in a chat. And involved in a chat, just just a, in the just a in talk, the not a I know, no, no. You I have, have not told the story, by the way. And. I had, I was literally like in tears during the show. It was just so unbelievable. And what was said was that this court, this person said, it's disappointing that this dance isn't being danced by ballet dancers. And I wanted to, and at that point I thought, what breaks my heart is that people, even people who have a lot of experience inside of the dance world, 
are not sophisticated enough, not educated enough to understand that what they're seeing is so far beyond their right. grasp of what dance should be and right. could be. Right. And that makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why that's I intense. think watching his work can make me sad because I understand that, yes, people who are very, who are very sophisticated inside of the dance community and avid dance watchers and people who write about dance can understand and appreciate his work. But mm. I think it's really sad to me that uh, there are many people who, even people who have a great deal of success inside of the dance world who can't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that is that thing that we, that has come up in maybe since even we began this podcast of when people are so in their category, they might not, and well, they don't have the education inside of other categories to have appreciation for how those categories operate. Right. And as forms, and because dance has become dance in many ways, and I think what drew me so much to it from theater was it seemed to have so many, or at least in the beginning, I felt like it had so many lines not drawn in it. I felt mm-hmm. like it was so cross-pollinated by all of these things I cared about that mm-hmm. w- that one could say were more performance art or mm-hmm. um, uh, time-based. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and now I would say, I, but I still see how, especially um, between Uptown and Downtown, mm-hmm. the ways in which people downtown don't want to see ballet, mm-hmm. and ballet people are like, I don't, that I wish that would have been danced by ballet dancers. Right. It's a real, it's kind of, it's semi-unfathomable to me. And then I think about money, and uh-huh. then I think about just the world we're living in, where people are so insistent upon categories uh-huh. to their own demise. And it's like, because out of a sense of fear, mm-hmm. and a sense of, well, this needs to be this way, because it right. has to, it must maintain. And it's like, there is no maintaining right. for anything. It's all going to... It all changes. Mm. And it's just, it gets such into, I can't wait for you to watch this John Didion documentary. I mean, it's, I think it's even called, it's called The Center Will Not Hold. Mm. Um, from the Yeats, the Yeats poem that she based slouching towards Bethlehem right. from. It's, Listeners, you don't have to be sad for the Mark Morris Dance Company. They're doing <laughs> just fine. Yeah, they They're could, doing just well, fine. Well, it's not, but it's, you're talking about your personal yeah, sadness. And it's not actually sadness for them. It's sadness at people in the ballet world who are very short-sighted which is i think can be a sadness that we that ripples out from that Mm. experience i mean my sadness of when i i was thinking you know in this grand thing i've been writing of the the last play i did and remembering how painful it was to perform it i would call jen harris to walk from my apartment to the theater because the audience did not want, the majority of the audience did not want the material this play was delivering. Mm. They were a subscription-based audience, meaning that they had their season tickets, so they'd come to see this thing. And they were white people of a certain age who did not want the kind of queer material they were getting. Right. And I was like, well, I want to make my own material, and I'm going to show it in this way. And then you see those divisions, you, and it's, it's, very, it's very uncomfortable still and it's sad and it's sad to see it um globally so it makes sense that it's going to be that way in the art world right it's uh and it's why we press on and part of why i think at least i really wanted to have this podcast to come at it from 
as we're at the end of, you know, season two. That's what this podcast is oh, about. Wow, yeah. It's our 20th episode. Our 20th episode. It's really good. We've, we've really been doing Every it. Week. We're being consistent. And you don't even like podcasts. I don't. I really don't. Like, well, I like you. Oh, thank so, you. <laughs> so, it's, so it's able to... And, and the wealth of information that you have in dance and what I love that what happens to you when you talk about Mark Morris because it's It's no it's wonderful (laughs) and it's something I'll say because you actually like a lot frequently you like far more than I do Uh and because you can appreciate something just for aesthetic reasons you'll be like well it looked really great and they danced well and for me that right but also like I think my experience in dance is so different from yours so like my tastes can be are different like I well, because when I look at something, I can intuit the feeling of certain things and not yes. the feelings of other things. And yes. so, well, you, know, you were actually, you performed far more than I did. Because if I think of how many companies you've been in and how yeah. many performances you did, whereas theater is just not like that. Right. I mean, but if I, I mean, was doing like three plays a year. We were doing totally, totally opposite things. things. It opposite. took us a long time to like arrive at a central place. Yeah. The where we're Venn diagramming ourselves. Right. I'm trying to figure out like... M- the these oh god the people the people who like make bad work uh-huh. and and have and do not do research when you say, let's interrogate that word when you say bad work mm-hmm. what does that mean for you oh okay it's work that is derivative and it's uh-huh. work that is unresearched and it's uh-huh. work that is joyless and it's uh-huh. work that is pretentious and yes. it's work that is Self, what is, I'm trying to. Self-congratulatory. It's work that is, that is trying to please an audience that, it's not helping to educate an audience. Mm -hmm. It's only serving to like, kind of, um, entertain them, which can be fine. Mm -hmm. I like that too. Mm -hmm. But like in the way that like Alexander Ekman can do, like he mm. does work that is like it's funny, it's yep. intense, yep. it's like it totally has a kind of like totally entertaining, absolutely. Yep. But people who make this work that's very and it has rigor, absolutely. But work that's very self serious and comes from nothing mm-hmm. has no. There's no. What am I trying to say? I I don't really know what it is, but I I wish I could just. I'm not going to say all these people's names. Well, that's what I found really interesting about when, about interrogating bad because there's some things you used in there that I but I've seen it not be true for you too. So, I think I'm curious of I mean, I, for me, it's like when they all come together. You know when all I mean? those things happen at the same time. Right, cuz a lot of them isolated or with a sense of the irony behind yes, them. Yes, yes. I love. Uh-huh. I love when people understand that their work is garbage and they're like, I'm making a garbage thing. Isn't uh-huh. this fun? Right. But when they don't have an understanding of how garbage the thing is uh-huh. they're making, I feel so sick for them. Do you well, know what I mean? And I want them gone. <laughs> like, I want them, like, literally banned from the dance world because <sighs> it's literally poisoning the minds of dance goers. Mm. Mm. Well, I think... And the way that I can, I'm I, in terms of thinking about that, because I've definitely seen dance that has rigor. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about things that I've seen uptown lately, things I've seen in ballet that are have rigor, um, but that lack research. And I think research. the thing that's I think the thing that's really been bothering me lately is a lack 
of any attempt at invention. Mm-hmm. Because when you're saying derivative, the thing that I frequently see is people not even knowing their derivative. That's the thing. Because they're so far up their own ass that they think they're making something new. Right. And I'm like, um, honey. I mean, if like, you're going to make a ballet not... dance that's like Forsyth derivative, uh, why don't you like really talk about it? Right. Why don't you really yeah. give us an understanding that you're in on the joke well, or the, you're in the on the is, study? But the thing is like you could show them like, Whatever, like, I'm trying to think of a foresight that a lot of people don't know. What's that one called? Like, the second story or the second... It's called, like, the second something, the second act, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> it's really great. Obviously, I mean, it's... I, I can picture... They're all sitting in chairs in the back. It's a white set. There's a little, like, placard at the front. Oh, uh-huh. Um, it's the second chair. detail. Is that what it is? Uh-huh. The second detail? The second detail. But maybe that one is super well-known. I... I don't. Whatever. I think. If, I mean, they're all they're all the ballet foresight dancers are like they're well known enough. Yeah, but and then you see, or I think of things when I see um, people using the sort of like swoopy, bad lyrical phrase work Kill that me like derivative. I mean, yeah, that then got like overexposed in. So you think you can dance? Like interesting. The, this. So you think you can dance in one way? Great, because it gave Middle America a sense of dance is. Uh-huh. It, don't like knock dance. At right. the same time, it did this sort of hyper exposure to uh, of people doing competition dance works of right. Matt's Eck and Yuri Killian, and then just funking it up a bit. Right. That you're like, but it's not. It's interesting when you actually good. look at a Yuri Killian dance or a Matt's Eck dance, and you're mm-hmm. like, wow, this is amazing because Correct. it's coming from the source. Yes. And there are people who've come from those schools of thought who've really like gone out into their own directions and like done right. something wonderful. And right. I think when you come from a school of dance, it's absolutely fair that that style stay with you sure. through your work. Yeah. But when people cheapen it, it's heartbreaking. It is. Well, I think, and that's the overall thing. Is and the also thing of, what's heartbreaking is when people cheapen it and then end up in positions of power. Which free, I mean, honey, look at Netherlands Dance Theater. A. Well, I mean. It's turned into full la la garbage Paul and Saul land of them making these full garbage dances to appease who? I don't know. Audiences love them because their minds have been poisoned. Right. Well, and because they're cheap and easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this thing of the cheap and easy, the thing, because I have seen you really, the, the thing is that we both really can appreciate a serious dance. A self-serious dance? No. No, no, no. Because the maker, it's, if the if it's just for the maker to interrogate their own intense life they've been leaving mm-hmm. leading like leave me alone that's why I've been parroting that shit in my work for years right. it's like this is it's just so I couldn't that was something that was so shocking to me about the dance world which is why I, why I started parroting it so early mm-hmm. on and having this persona of Jack Ferber I mean if was, you're gonna I, put- I was like wow theater makers can really take themselves like super important but they'll but ma- mainly have a sense of humor. Mm. The dance world's sense of grandiosity, I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. But also the who's who of who cares. Absolutely. Like, no one knows these people, and yet they're like, oh, I've just gone through this thing, and I've made, you know, and you're like, I know, okay. It's like, well, I'm going to put on an Arvo part tape and, like, do, oh, like, really emotional moves. And honey, then you did that in middle school. Audiences are going to just be like, yes, honey, yeah. And they still do. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine people can, that time. people are still putting on an Arvo parrot, what have you, and just, like, whimsying around the stage in, like, a sullen sack. Uh, Ugh. I mean, 
Uh, talk about we white people. We say all this. We're really like, you know, bringing these things down, down, down. But there are exceptions to everything. So write us notes. Let us know what you like. Well, and the reason that we brought, you know, the reason where I think where we got into this is because of the things we love so much. We have definitely, I mean, I have thought and continue to think so much about Beth Gill's last piece and Pam Tanowitz's last piece. Mm. They were, and and that I know them. I mean, talk about, ugh, how, how great to move what, to New here's York. Here's a good question. What if we didn't know them and we saw those dances? Would it be a very different experience for us? I think so. I think it would be, but I think I would still have loved them. I think I'd be very curious. I would be pretty... I'd be amazed. Well, that's good. I think I would be... I mean, the the amount of time Beth took in the time we're living in, mm. and to have that not be self-serious or... self-congratulatory indulgent Mm, mm -hmm. that it was clear Mm. that it I also think I mean I'm seeing it now at my age with a with a a longer understanding of formalism Mm. and abstraction for emotional content than I would have had when I was younger can we have Laura Lubavitch on soon absolutely oh my gosh I mean talk about someone that people do derivative of all the time oh for sure but yeah I saw him yesterday Uh and he came up to Harriet and me we were at this like Pam Tanowitz NYU showing thing that they're doing because he has his position at UC Irvine so they do these like telecasts Uh uh-huh so they Uh did like a little bit of Goldberg just like in rehearsal clothes fun um and, but Lar came up to Harriet and me because he had just seen ABT and Harriet had also been at the same show so that we had to talk about the pieces. Uh-huh. And I was like, Lar, you really get it. Like, so hard. He just super, he's really sees a ton of dance. And that is why he's able to have, like, a deep understanding of, like, what is happening in dance now. Lar Lubavitch, who is, you know, a dance maker from days of or your, whatever like, it is. worked for Jerry, knew... Horse. Trained Balanchon. with Martha Graham and Tudor yeah. at yeah. Juilliard. Yeah. He goes to see Roseanne Spradlin. He, yeah. he go he presents her, Beth Gill. Yeah. He go like he knows what's happening because he cares so deeply about dance. Yeah. So to talk to him yesterday about this ABT show, by the way, <laughs> I've now we've all been talking about this new Ravonsky piece, which is called Songs of Bukovina. Uh-huh. I've been calling it Bulkovina. And other people have been calling it Bukov- Bukovia. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is so many wrong. It's Bukovina. Bukovina. That's uh-huh. I'll just say. Correction, sure. I was wrong. Uh-huh. Okay. I, please send us... I want to get lots of... Do mean, you? No, not really. I don't you have time. Don't. I don't write Let's back to Let's cut that out. I don't want any of that. You don't have to cut it out. Um... I mean, maybe... Whatever. Anyways. He's so great. Yes, I want to have... I also... When we did Nightlight, Bright Light, and... That... That's and our duet. That's our duet. <laughs> and... He, and I remember seeing him after the show and he was like, you grabbed the brass ring. And I was like, what do you mean? What he does like, that mean? He was like, the show was incredible. And I can tell that you made the show that needed to be made about the subject. Oh. I was like, oh, it was made about Fred Herco and his, his death. And, and Lars my... like, I knew Fred Herco. Yes. Of course. Yes. All of it. And I was like, stunned. 
Is he know? stunning? And he God, is. I, I can't wait him. to have him on. I love him so much. I can't wait to have him on. I mean, so he's we're going to have on. I'm excited. I think Lars also wearing witch rags these days, which well, is interesting. He's I, wearing like I, big black t-shirts. It's really well, nice. Well, you rub off on people. I do remember after when I was, you know, I was probably like 31, 32, and I was you know, probably wearing a crop top. And I love I that know that you... you say this didn't happen, but I oh. swear to God, uh-huh. you were like... That's not what we are wearing now. Who's we? You meant like us at this time period. But and you I were also like love that you 30... think that I wear this thing that you wear now, which is like full. You're like actually full black witch. Like, oh no, I'm just talking about shapes of the clothes. Okay. I'm just talking about when I was like, <laughs> I need to stop wearing crop tops and skinny jeans because you were like, we're over thirty, and you know, I I don't remember exactly what you said to me, but it was something about. Well, you were still playing the part of, like, l'enfant terrible. You know, yeah. you were, like, really doing, like, I'm a baby and I'm horrible. And you it's know? like, and it's like, no, you're old and you're wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a real back and forth. Fashion-wise? No, no, I think, I don't think I've ever imbued you with any fashion. I think I've mm. only imbued you with, um... Speaking your rage, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what no, I've been with. Even like in the t- time span of this podcast, I feel like I've been getting better at talking. Oh. Like if I go back to earlier episodes, I would be like, 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 like. Oh, you would and just it. And I mean, that doesn't happen to me in real life, mm. but with a microphone on, it's not great. But now I feel encouraged and more comfortable to like, you know, be in a public discourse. You are incredible. Incredible speaker. Oh, that's what they say. And I remember early honey. on, honey, early on when I was being when I when I first started being interviewed, I um tried to always make sure to never say like in a sentence. It's a good skill to it's, have. Well, because I did an interview where they all got put in. It's so embarrassing. And it was humiliating. Written interview? I think it was an interview that went out and <laughs> Can you was imagine? Written and there was and it was like like and then I was like, and she was like, and I was like, and then I was like, I love Martha Graham. And Martha Graham was like, you know, like crazy. It's hard to it wasn't that bad, believe that, that you, that it happens. And then you go back to recording and you're like, I'm a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. You're, <laughs> well, that it's also a thing that we, I mean, no uh, British people don't use like to say what they mean. What do they say? Well, you just said, you go back to recording, and it's like, I'm a piece of shit. Mm. I think they just say, you go back to recording, and you hear yourself, and you think, I'm a piece of shit. Oh, that was so nice. You know, well, you know, you had to, I had to do a few more words there to make up for, like, right. that's where, we're just right to Concise. it. This is a capitalist society. We have, we have to, we don't have time. Um, during the time of this podcast, we have made, Jeremy really made it all. Mm. I just bought some of the things, but... You're going to have roasted I, vegetables and Cornish hens. So nice. Uh, it's, you um, know, it's not a podcast if you haven't burped in it. I'm also very excited for our new Luke that's going to come out with this oh, podcast. so pretty. Can Thank you, you imagine? Jeremy, what an artiste. He's so... We're moving into our pink phase for so season incredible. three. He's so incredible for season three. Season three is going to have a very exciting first guest. I'm so excited. I don't want to talk, us to talk about it, okay. but I can't wait to see your face there was something when he else does some of the things he's going to do. This morning I made a delicious frittata. Oh yeah! Did you bake it? Yes. Oh, I it, love. It's a. When it's it's a, You start it on the stovetop. You cook potatoes uh-huh. until they're like browned, and then uh-huh. you pour the cheese and egg mixture over the top, uh-huh. and you bake it till it's fluffed up. Uh-huh. It's amazing. And lots of Gruyere cheese and ricotta. I had to get my carotid arteries sonogrammed because you know my cholesterol what? came back high again. 
well, I had the test, and then they had me do it again. And they were like, well, it's, you know, it's high. You should go get your carotid arteries sonogrammed. Where's the carotid? It's this, which really stick out on me. Because it's so full of... Sylvia Full Hook. of chlorine. What's it called? Cholesterol? I guess it's so filled with chlorine, because I swim every day. <laughs> um, I've always just thought it's from... I think it's just from screaming where those mm-hmm. pop out. Um, it was... And that sonogram... Let me tell you what, because it was mainly women going for mammograms and imaging. So babies. it was for babies. Oh, Sonograms no. are for babies. But there was also a mammogram facility, oh, okay, etc. Okay, it was mainly like women who didn't look well. They were getting their boobs squished. Yeah. Um, and at the end of my sonogram, which took so long, like 15 minutes on each side of like... Whoa. Like, yeah, and I got to see on the one side, and I was really like, God, I hope it's okay. At the end of it, I was like, so how did it look? And she's like, I can't discuss it with you. That's only something your doctor can do. Because uh, of legal reasons. My therapist explained this to me. But I was like, I've been in here for, I bet that point, because I had to wait 45 minutes to get in. Uh-huh. I was like, I've been in here a long time. Can't you just, I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this was so personal for me. Uh, and I guess it wasn't for you. No. And she didn't have anything to say to that. So Are you still waiting? I took photos of her husband and children so I could feel closer to her. That's insane. I, I didn't know do it. Wh- just kidding. Oh. I didn't. But I thought of it. But as I was, she left the room and I was left in there with photos of her husband and child and I was like, I should take photos of this so I can feel closer to her when I get my results back. If I have high cholesterol, which is crazy because I'm a wraith of a person. I'm but so But you skinny. are doing the like no carbs thing where like I think that can lead to high cholesterol where you're doing, like, lots of meats and stuff. I don't eat that much meat now. Since I got my first high cholesterol test, I've right. really you cut, cut out, out all the cheese, bacon sandwiches. And I cut out all of those bacon sandwiches. One time I was, I was on the train with that old, old lady who used to be a professor, theater professor at Bard. Oh, the really old one. Yes. And she was eating a she sandwich. Was so wonderful. That had bacon cucumbers and peanut butter and i thought that sounds delicious that sounds amazing bacon cucumbers, cucumbers and peanut, peanut butter. butter oh i can't wait to watch this joan didian doc there's this part where griffin dunn opens her refrigerator and goes you've got all this soup in here and she goes what and he goes you've got all this soup in here and she goes what and he goes you've got all this soup all this soup and she goes where and he goes right here and she looks and she goes mm. No, that's ice cream. <laughs> so wonderful. <laughs> that's amazing. Oh, oh, it's so... She's really... She's 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 so good. I watched the new Noah Baumbach thing on Netflix last night. I tried. You did. I started it, and then Jeremy was really like, I don't want to watch I this. I got, like, four minutes in, and I basically yelled at the screen. I was like, I hate these people. Oh. And then I, I, yeah, I kept going. Watch Transparent. I love those people. What's... I love them. Because... Because they have joy. They have real uh, laughter. Joy. Joy keeps coming the up. The Meyerowitz people joy. are joyless, angry people who... Very familiar New Yorkers. Very. I was like, like God, I know these people. Familiar, I mean, the dad was really familiar. like... That was my dad. You know what I mean? Um, Your dad's worse than that dad. Uh-uh. Well, Dustin yes. Hoffman... My dad yes. at least can have some sense of humor about things. And uh-huh. Dustin Hoffman was truly like... I've been done wrong. Okay, My sure. talent exceeds everybody's. I, I mean, was like, you are intolerable. The reason I couldn't watch it was it just, I swear to God, Noah, Bo- Noah Baumbach is a playwright. I, I really feel he was a playwright or something first. It it's reads, very it reads like, like a, oh, very. A yeah. But so, I, I like that. 
I don't like those kind of films where you're like, this is a play. It was strange. And the delivery of everything was very dry. Like except a play. When Adam like Sandler second. would oscillate between regular and screaming, I was like, this is good. Well, did you ever see Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love? I did not with see it. Emma, Emma Watson? No. Emma Watts? Emma? It might be Emma Watson, actually. Emma from Watson. Breaking the Waves. It's, she is... She's you, incredible. You have to see this movie. Emma. Punch Drunk Love is the best thing Emma. Adam Sandler's Will you ever it up done. For me? Emily Watson. Thank you. Did I do it? Yeah, Emily Watson. It's um, also amazing in Hillary Emma, Jackie. She's can always you believe incredible. That Gwyneth Paltrow won the Oscar over her that year. No, no. This happens all the time. That Hillary which is not Jackie to diminish is, that Gwyneth was good in that movie. She was. She was good. Fine for what the role was. Yeah, it was not the greatest. It wasn't it's like a deep. Not role. Hillary Dupre, and also dealing with her oh. with MS. In a wheelchair. That part when she's sobbing in the wheelchair where she can't play anymore. I mean, I think that the performance by her sisters, Rachel Griffiths, is even better. You know, it's incredible. It's incredible. But as an actor, I would say it's it's Emily Watson's film. I mean, it's, oh, she's amazing. It's because you also watch, you really watch her play two. So does Rachel Griffith. I mean, the turn in that movie. Shouldn't that it have been first... her in Dancer in the Dark? No. You like Bjork. It was. I mean, she was good. It was incredible, and also based off of the Bjork video that was so famous by that point when she had did the remake of um, "It's So oh, So Quiet." Oh. When she, "It's So oh, So Quiet," that her music video was like it turned into a musical. Right. And so he, meow, I could meow, imagine meow, meow. it was meow, just like meow. that. Mm-hmm. And so I could picture Lars von Trier, who I think is a genius. You revere. I do. He's a real brutalist. I like it too. I could see him seeing that and being like, you know what would be really sad? Is if she worked in a factory and gets executed at the end. (laughs) You know? (laughs) It's like too perfect. Like to take like the fairy princess of Iceland. What did she do wrong that got her executed? She, well, John C. Riley steals the money that she's been saving for her son to have an eye operation. That's right. Because he's he's going to go blind too. Yeah. And oh she God. goes to his house and John C. Riley won't give her the money and he's like, You're gonna have to kill me for it. So she does. And then his wife You're catches have her. To kill me for it. She I don't know if the wife catches her. He's like, You're gonna have to kill me for it. Who's the wife? I don't remember, but Remember Catherine Deneuve? Oh yeah. She's in it. Honey, I left that movie and sat on a curb on thirteenth <laughs> and Lafayette and or third. Fourth, fourth, which turns down. Yeah, I sat on th- thirteenth and fourth. Mm-hmm. Sat on the curb and sobbed. Couldn't <laughs> get up. Wow, Just inconsolable. <laughs> wow, wow. <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, it was so. And I, it was incredible. She was amazing. I mean, he We're also. He also did. He also would like brutalize her. I mean, Lars von Trier would call her in the middle of the night and be like, "What if this was happening to your son?" Like he did all this stuff to make her. You know. Does he still get to make movies? He made oh. Nymphomaniac, even I mean, after the Nazi stuff, right? Well, yeah, I mean, also, he, he said a, what he said was said in the way that he says things, which is with ex- the extreme of dark humor. Have you seen these previews for this movie that the Rodarte sisters made with Kirsten Dunst? The Rodarte sisters, you mean the women who did the costumes for Black Swan? Exactly. They made a movie. With Kirsten Dunst. And other famous people. Wait, it's a movie that she... Because Kirsten Dunst's first film is coming out and it's based on Sylvia Plath. I don't know. She has the rights to it. She's filming it with Elle Fanning. It's not that. Or maybe it's Dakota Fanning. One of the Fannings. Um, it's with 
Kristen Dunst. It's sort of like Tom Ford making a movie. You know how he does. But is this Kristen Dunst who made it? No. She's just in it. She's in it, and it was made by the Rodarte sisters. Oh, the Rodarte sisters made... They made the movie. Well, yeah. The costumes will be great. I don't know. We'll see. It's we'll interesting. See. They're like they're literally like these crazy girls who live in like a garage in Pasadena, and they like make collage clothes, which are often really amazing. Wow. A wood shook. Wood shock. Yes, I saw a trailer for it, and it looks artsy, fartsy. It looks like it has the great potential to be okay. Right. You looks know? like. You know, uh, I will see it for sure on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I love Kristen Dunst. I'll see. Is it Kirsten or Kristen? Kirsten. I love Kirsten Dunst. Me too. She's so great. I got in this argument with someone yesterday about melancholia. Oh, today. It was today at the gym. It's amazing. He was like, oh, I never saw melancholia because I don't like Kirsten Dunst. What? I was like, you're insane. She's amazing. She's amazing. And you have to see that movie. I love her for so many reasons. I love that she was an incredible actress as a child. And Uh, I love her choices. And I love that sometimes she's even been in, like, blockbusters and also, like... She's not... She's always good. She's not afraid of getting old. No. She's just doing it on screen for us. Oh, she's so wonderful. She's letting her neck soften. I hope she can be on the podcast at some point. Wow. Uh, I... That's a stretch. Like, Mark Morris would really... You'd be like, I don't know what to say. Actually, I would know a lot of what to say. Oh my gosh, I would have to... I'd have to write some questions down. Oh, I'd be like, so what was your favorite film? Who are you dating? Oh, what's your exercise regime? What do you do for your face? This is, these are crazy questions. Baths or showers? That's a great you know? question. That's a great question. Like, oh, I'm like the only person in the world who'd be like baths. I am. Um, I took. I like think I took two today. Wow. For all I know, I can't remember. Um, I guess we should wrap up. Should sure. we can eat? I think that was like a lot of great material, as far as I'm concerned. There was plenty of great material. I mean, we'll how have long have we been recording? An hour and a half. How do we do it? How do we do it? (laughs) Look, you know what I mean? Where will we be at 29 and 30? Oh my God. On our, for our 30th episode, which will be in a mere 10, we, I already know the first like three people we're interviewing for this next season. You do? I do. Yeah. Don't I ever get any say? You do. And (laughs) we've had a lot of them on. That's true. And, and we're, we're going to, um... It would be a little more performance for our first three. Because mm. I, I think it's important to mm. to do that. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to them. We're going to have a blast with them. I think we talked about everything I ever thought about. Today? Mm-hmm. There's other things we could have talked about. Like, oh my god. We'll wrap our it up. Our producer says, absolutely not. We'll wrap this it up and I'll tell you over dinner. podcast is over. Our producer's like, it is time to wrap it up. I've got plenty to add in. Erver. We're? Erver. There's percussions over for today. We're lervier. We're lervier. We're shirting. We're Please feel free to send us emails. What's going on, Sansa Stuff? It's Wish Dance and Stuff at Gmail. Or Wish Going on Stuff Instagram. You could go to Wish Going on Dance and Stuff the website because it's being challenged. Our website is phenomenal. Our website is Thank you to Jeremy Jacob. If we're. That was really good. That was really good.